Chapter Twenty One of the Sorcery Club by Elliot O'Donnell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter Twenty One: The Selling of Spells. The period of stage four promised to be one of such a lucrative nature that the trio set to work to profit by it at once they bribed medical men to procure for them the mumia of people suffering from every kind of disease of criminal lunatics of idiots and epileptics they obtained by bribery also the blood and hair of the most abandoned men and women rakes thieves murderers they bottled and labelled arranged and catalogued the mumia in a laboratory designed for the purpose and when all their preparations were completed advertised spells for sale the modern sorcery company limited offer for sale every variety of spells love charms sleep charms etc in order to carry out the principal conditions of the compact namely to do harm they made pseudo love charms as follows they procured the hair of a girl whom they knew to be an incorrigible and at the same time heartless flirt and in the manner described and related in the last chapter made a magnus microscopy of it when ready for use that is after it had been in immediate contact with the girl's flesh so as to get it fully charged they had portions of it set in rings lockets and pendants and the purchaser of any one of these trinkets had only to persuade the object of his or her affection to wear it and his or her love would at once be reciprocated had the magnus microscopy been charged with real deep-rooted love the effect on the wearer would have been highly satisfactory but charged as it was with the effervescent and fleeting fancy of a flirt the effect on whoever wore it could not be more disastrous the sentiments of the hopeful purchaser would be reciprocated for a time which would probably lead to marriage after which the affection his adored had professed would suddenly decrease and before the honeymoon was over would have vanished altogether during the week following the announcement of the sale of these spells over a thousand were sold the applicants being mostly shop girls typists clerks and servants in the second week the sales rose to three thousand and every succeeding week showed a still greater increase in charging the magnus microscopy the motive of the purchaser had always to be taken into account if the love charm were wanted by a woman a housekeeper maybe who desired some rich old man to fall in love with her in order that she might come into his property or by a woman a companion probably who having wormed herself into the confidence of some eccentric old lady was anxious that lady should leave her all her money hamar took care that the magnus microscopy should be charged with a lasting infatuation and the sale of this love spell the spell that was sought solely that the purchaser might inherit property to which he or she had no claim far exceeded the sale of any other spell indeed it was extraordinary how many people people one would never have suspected desired spells that would do other people harm lady de green 
the well-known humanitarian who was most indefatigable in getting up petitions to the home secretary whenever the perpetrator of any particularly heinous and inexcusable murder was about to be hanged and who was universally acknowledged incapable of harming a fly called surreptitiously on hamar i understand she said everything you do here is in strict confidence certainly madam certainly hamar said we make it a point of honour to divulge nothing that being so lady de green observed i want you to tell me of a spell that will hasten some very obnoxious person's death if you will give me a rough idea of their personal appearance hamar said i will make a wax image of them and undertake they will trouble you no longer but lady de green shook her head she had no desire to commit herself can't you do it in any other way she said can't you let me give them an unlucky charm the sort of thing that might bring about a taxi disaster hamar thought for a moment and then smiled yes he said i think i can accommodate you leaving her for a few minutes he went to the laboratory and from a tin box marked homicidal lunatic he took a plain gold ring with this he returned to lady de green murmuring on the way the prayer he had learned from the table here you are he said handing the ring to lady de green give it to the person you have mentioned to me and the result you desire will speedily come to pass three days later london was immeasurably shocked it read in the papers that the highly accomplished lady de green beloved and respected by all for the strenuous exertions on behalf of humanitarianism had been barbarously murdered by her husband from whom unknown to the public she had been living apart for years who had suddenly and for no apparent reason become insane hamar who was immensely tickled alone knew the reason why this was no isolated case scores of society women came to the trio with the same request a spell or charm or something that will bring about a fatal accident not a lingering illness and the person for whom the accident was desired was usually the husband and the trio often indulged in grim jokes without a doubt lady minkhurst got her heart's desire when her husband abruptly cut his throat but alas amongst those decimated when the charm fell into the hands of one of the footmen was her ladyship's lover again mrs jacques the beauty who at one time wrote for half the fashion papers in england certainly secured the demise of colonel dick jacques who tumbled downstairs and broke his neck but as in his fall the colonel alighted on one of the maids who was not insured and so seriously injured her that she was pronounced a hopeless cripple mrs jacques with whom money was an object had of course to maintain her for the rest of her life likewise sir charles brimpton in jumping out of the top window of his house besides pulverizing himself pulverized too lady brimpton's pet pekingese waller without whom she declared life wasn't worth living and lord snipping in setting fire to himself set fire to lady snipping's boudoir which he had been secretly visiting and thereby destroyed treasures which she tearfully declared were quite priceless and could never be replaced crowds of young married women were anxious to get rid of their rich old relatives who clung on to life with a tenacity that was most wearying can you give me a spell that will make my grandfather go off suddenly 
a girl with beautiful sad eyes said plaintively to kelson don't think me very wicked but we are not at all well off and she has lived such a long time such a very long time you don't want her to be ill first i suppose kelson inquired oh no the girl replied she lives with us and we could never endure the worry and trouble of nursing her it must be something very sudden this will do it kelson said giving her a locket containing the mumia or essence of life of a mad dog fasten it round the old lady's neck and you will be astonished how soon it acts and what is your fee the girl asked her eyes blooming over with joyous anticipation for you nothing kelson said gallantly only tell no one may i kiss your hand the firm's sale of spells for getting rid of husbands having risen one day to five hundred and the sale of their spells for putting old people out of the way to fifteen hundred even hamar who was no believer in the perfection of human nature was astonished my word he remarked isn't this a revelation who would have thought how many people have murder in their hearts at least half society would i believe become homicides if only there were no chance of their being found out and punished anyhow if we go on at this rate there will be no old people left and it did indeed seem as if such would be the case for the moment the idea got abroad that old people could be thrust out of existence with absolute safety and ease there was a perfect mania amongst men women and even children to get rid of them and the deaths of people over sixty recorded in the papers multiplied every day the following is an extract from the planet of july twenty eighth bolt on july twenty seven at number blank elgin avenue southwest emily jane loved and venerated mother of mary bolt m d in her sixty ninth year drowned in her bath and all the angels wept cushman on july twenty seven at number blank sheep street northampton sarah elizabeth adored mother of josiah cushman plymouth brother in her eighty-eighth year run over by a taxi joy in heaven starling on july twenty seven at number blank snargate street dover susan highly esteemed and greatly beloved mother of alfred starling wesleyan minister in her seventy-first year lost in the harbor asleep in jesus Tritickler, on july twenty seven at number blank the terrace st ives cornwall elizabeth adored grandmother of tobias Tritickler, congregationalist in her ninety-first year fell over the malatoff oh paradise oh paradise brute on july twenty seven at charlton house queensgate southwest jane greatly beloved mother of john brute labor m p in her eighty-third year fell down the area peace blessed peace gum on july twenty seven at number blank church road upper norwood sophia widow of the late albert gum l c c in her eighty-fifth year choked whilst eating tripe sadly missed pavement on july twenty seven at number blank queen's road clifton bristol and rebecca dearly beloved mother of alfred paveman grocer in her seventy-fourth year accidentally burned to death 
at rest at last but it must not be supposed from these few notices selected from at least a hundred that the applicants for spells were by any means confined to the upper and middle classes by far the greater number of spells were sold to the working people to those of them who prudent and respectable counted amongst their aged relatives at least one or two who were insured nor was the sale of spells confined to adults for among the numbers that flocked to consult the trio were countless county council children can you give me a spell to make teacher break her neck was the most common request though it was frequently varied with demands such as i'll trouble you for a spell to pay mother out she won't put more than three lumps of sugar in my tea or mother has got very teasy lately i want a spell to make her fall downstairs or father only gives me twopence a week out of what i earn blacking boots give me a spell to make him have an accident whilst he's at work and it was not seldom that the trio were petitioned thus please give us a spell to make our parents die quickly teacher says at school perfect freedom is the birthright of all englishmen and we can't have perfect freedom whilst our parents are alive footnote twenty two lest the reader should query this let him consult the police in any of our big centres and he will learn that crime and prostitution is immensely on the increase among children in newcastle it is estimated that there are over two thousand girls of under fourteen years of age voluntarily leading immoral lives and making big incomes End of footnote the statistics of those who died from the effects of accidents for the week ending august one of this year in london alone were over sixty years of age five thousand between the ages of twenty-five and sixty six thousand and for the latter deaths children alone were responsible the greatest number of these accidents occurred in poplar west ham battersea and whitechapel and at length the working-class applicants became so numerous that the modern sorcery company could not cope with them and were forced to raise their charges among other customers as one might expect were many militant suffragettes whom hamar and curtis palmed off on kelson give me a spell demanded a hatchet-faced lady wearing a half up to the knee skirt one that will cause the roof of the house of commons to fall in and smash everybody everybody this is no time for half measures had she been pretty it is just possible kelson might have assented but he had no sympathy for the ugly they set his teeth on edge he loathed them certainly madam certainly he said here is a spell that will have the effect you desire and he handed her a ring containing a magnus microscopy fully charged with the essence of life of an idiot wear it he said night and day never be without it she joyfully obeyed and within forty-eight hours was lodged in a home for incurables another woman if possible even uglier than the last approached him with a similar request let me have a spell at once she said that will make every member of the government be run over by taxis and killed they are monsters tyrants i abominate them let them be slowly very slowly squashed to death very well madam kelson said carefully concealing a smile here is what you want wear it next to your heart 
and he gave her a locket containing a magnus microscopy charged with the essence of life of a leper which he had procured at considerable risk and expense i consider your fee far too high the suffragette said you take advantage of me because i'm a woman very well madam he said i will make an exception in your case and let you have it for half the sum with a good deal more grumbling she paid half the fee and fastening the locket round her neck flounced out of the building as kelson gleefully anticipated the spell acted in less than two days and with such success that he was more than compensated for the monetary loss shortly afterwards kelson received a frantic visit from another suffragette a woman whose virulent sandy hair at once aroused his animosity quick quick she cried bursting into the room where he was sitting let me have a spell that will blow up every cabinet minister and their wives and families as well such an ambitious request as that madam felson rejoined cannot be granted in a hurry i must have time to no no at once the lady cried stamping her feet with ill-suppressed rage to consider how it can best be done kelson went on calmly i must have time to think the lady fumed but kelson remained inexorable and directly she had gone he made a wax image of her and taking up a knife chopped its head off in the evening he learned that a lady answering to her description had been run over by a train at chislehurst and decapitated kelson grew heartily sick of the suffragettes they were not only plain but abusive and he complained bitterly to hamar look here he said it's not fair you and curtis see all the decent-looking women and shove all the rest on me i'll stand it no longer and he spoke so determinedly that hamar thought it politic to humour him very well matt he said forcing a laugh i'll try and arrange differently in the future after to-day you shall have your share of the pretty ones anything to keep the peace only remember no falling in love End of chapter 21 Read by Don W. Jenkins, Rancho San Diego, California